Socrates said, True wisdom comes to each of us when we realize how little we understand about life, ourselves, and the world around us. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. I'm Stacy Wheeler. Socrates said those words more than 2,500 years ago. The lesson is still true, and each new generation must learn it. Most of us miss the important part of this lesson. Since most of our new beliefs aren't filling empty spaces of belief, but replacing old beliefs... A new belief can't be accepted until we release the belief we once held. Imagine you have thousands of little cups. Each one is filled with something. Each different cup represents an accepted belief. These beliefs are accumulated over a lifetime. Because of this, no two sets of cups are alike. Everyone's cups are different. And because of this, there are no two identical personalities. That's because we fill our cups as individuals. No two journeys are alike. No two sets of cups are alike. The beliefs housed in these cups can be anything. As an example, here are some of mine. Sleeping in a tent on a beach in Baja is safe. Carbs are as bad for you as sugar in high amounts. Everyone is good at the core of them, even the cruelest people. Coffee is safe and tasty. Now, if new information comes in that makes me alter one of these thoughts, I must swap out the contents of one of my little cups for a different content of thought. If my thought goes from carbs are bad to carbs are good, I must first empty my cup of carbs are bad thought, then replace it with one with the belief carbs are good. So you see, we must reject the old belief to accept the new belief. We're not filling a space of empty thought, we're replacing an old thought. True wisdom comes to each of us when we realize how little we understand about life ourselves and the world around us, Socrates said. To understand how little we know about life, ourselves, and the world around us, we must be willing to admit we're wrong about our current beliefs. That means to grow, we must first admit we're wrong, if only to ourselves. And this is harder for some than others. Here's another for instance. As children, we all have that moment when we realize our parents don't know everything. In this moment, our perception of them is forever altered. This may be a simple shift in belief for us, and we may not even think about the shift that's happened. But at that moment, an old belief is replaced by a new belief, and we're never going to be quite the same again. A moment like this can be what we regard as an epiphany. An epiphany happens when one cup is altered, and it sets off a chain reaction that forces us to re-examine many of the rest of the cups, which were influenced by the belief in the cup we've changed. It's a major change, you see, and it has this downstream effect. Think of the downstream effect of suddenly understanding your parents don't know everything. If until then you believe they did, much of your belief about the world was based on the belief that your parents are superhuman or something close to it. Now, all those other cups must come under scrutiny. For some, an epiphany can lead to an existential crisis. As we pause and examine what we believe the truth of the world is, and realize we've been wrong all along about something we used to believe as absolute truth. Part of this shift happens when we let go of what we thought we knew. We cannot gain new wisdom unless we're willing to admit we're wrong about our current beliefs. This is easier as a child, our ego's not developed as a defense. As we get older, it's more challenging. Many of us find it difficult to admit that we're wrong. Because of this, we get stuck in old thinking, locked into it really. But willingness to be wrong is the only way we can move forward, improve, 
and grow. Willingness to be wrong is the only way. There are many reasons why we've evolved this way. Much of it comes from our basic survival instincts. There's very little we can do about that. It's instinctual, reflexive, and defensive. But there is a space where we can work to become more open to new information and to grow in our intelligence and wisdom. This is the space around our ego. You see, admitting we're wrong, even just to ourselves, is an act of vulnerability. And that's where we find our ego at play. Our need to be seen a certain way makes us want to preserve the persona we present to the world, really to defend it. Changing our thinking means altering our persona, and that requires vulnerability. When we understand how our own mind operates, we're free to become the person we truly are. You see, our mind wants to keep us safe, but only according to the rules it's learned. True freedom can only happen when we learn to choose to change our beliefs rather than running on autopilot. And that can only happen when we risk being vulnerable. Fear of judgment can make us avoid being vulnerable. And that's because when we're vulnerable, we fear criticism. So we shut off our ability to grow by not exploring outside of the lines of our current belief because of this fear. And when we shut off this way, we miss the opportunity to increase our wisdom. And not just our wisdom, we're also missing out on the ability to increase our intellect. And guess what? It's starting to show. Several studies over the past three years have shown there's been a drop in the average IQ around the world. Where in past generations since these things started being measured, there's been a small increase each year. In the past three years, there's been a decrease. There are many theories for why this is happening, ranging from technology to contaminants in the things we ingest. Until we're sure what the causes are, we can't really do anything to alter the effects of those causes. But that doesn't mean we're powerless. After all, this research doesn't represent a loss in our ability to learn. It only tells us of a slowing down of learning of each generation. In the most direct way to increase our knowledge about life, ourselves, and the world around us, as Socrates put it, is to be willing to be wrong as we fill our cups with new information. By being wrong, we can replace our incorrect knowledge with new correct knowledge, or at least updated knowledge. But how do we do that? Well, here's how we start. We must first be willing to be wrong. That means we must let our egos become vulnerable. We have to. We must allow ourselves to accept that we are not completely right in all of our assumptions and beliefs. So why is this so hard for us? In my lifetime, there's been an obvious drop in civil discourse. When's the last time you watched an old school debate, like a presidential debate? And I don't, I don't mean one from just a few years back, I mean one from decades back. Watch one of those and you'll see exactly how much the world has changed. And don't take my word for it, these videos are easy to find. Go look them up. Look up the Kennedy-Nixon debate from 1960, or even the Bush-Gore debate from 2000. When you watch these, you'll see how bad it's become. In those videos, you'll see two people seriously laying out their perspectives on a variety of topics, and disagreeing fairly respectfully. Watch one of these, and then consider the last presidential debate you watched. You'll immediately notice what we currently call a debate is not a debate at all. It's an argument. There's nothing of real substance debated. Instead, they're packed with personal insults and attacks. There's no longer any civil discourse or search for real answers in the debates of today. And these debates are a snapshot of what's happening in the world today. 
If you look online, in nearly any social media space, you'll see how uncivil people are. People don't discuss ideas to grow from new information. It's not growth they seem to want. Instead, what they want is to be right. Today, people are more interested in looking strong than being correct. And this attitude shows in how people carry themselves. When we see others appearing strong and being forceful, others may feel this is the only way to be. After all, the opposite of strong and forceful is weak and submissive. None of us want to be weak and submissive. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Roy T. Bennett said, You'll never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. So true. So how do you find the end of your comfort zone? And do we have to push to the edge to change our life? I love meaningful conversations where we're able to respectfully disagree. When a conversation grows from that, we create an opportunity to learn. The main requirement is that it's respectful. When someone is aggressive in their disagreement, I stop engaging with them. There's no value in confrontational or aggressive interaction. Instead, I look for conversation where personal growth can happen. That can only happen when we're both interested in growing, discussing ideas instead of trying to be right. If you want a conversation that helps you get smarter, look to the person's personality. If you know the person can be aggressive in conversations, don't waste your time with them. But if a person has a personality that's more open and less judgmental, you got a potential growth partner there. Since many of us are struggling to find those who aren't judgmental and far too self-assured in their opinions, you may have to feel people out. We all do this to a certain extent. How many times have you been in a social situation, or online for that matter, when you held your opinion for fear that you'd get into an unwanted argument? If you know what I mean, there's an opportunity to find valuable conversations. If your answer to that question is never, consider the possibility that you are aggressive in your opinions and that the people might not want to engage with you in an open dialogue where it might develop into something argumentative. Shakespeare said, the fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. Remember that in those moments where you're about to strongly disagree or feel triggered by someone who doesn't agree with you, you're closing yourself off to new knowledge. That's because you're only open to new knowledge when you know you don't know it all. That new knowledge can alter or revise your current beliefs. So risk being a fool, as Shakespeare called it. Because thinking you're wise is a dead end and a guarantee you will not advance in your understanding and truths of the world. Okay, I know I'm running a little long here, but I skipped last week, so I owe you a bit more on this one. So here's a couple more quotes that'll underline the personal growth tool. Robin Sharma, the author of The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari series, said, Change is the hardest at the beginning, messiest in the middle, and best at the end. We're talking about change here, changing the way we operate so we can grow. You see, there's a reason why Sharma says that. We must retrain ourselves to let down our defenses and cultivate growth opportunities. Every conversation is an opportunity for growth, if you look at it that way. And that happens when you reprogram yourself in a way, in an open-hearted way, to look for differences of opinion. And here's a good tool. Ask questions. When you hear someone say something that goes against your way of thinking or your perception of truth, instead of pulling back, lean in. Ask questions. And do this from a perspective of curiosity. Now watch your ego in these moments. Don't let yourself slip into a need to be right. Remember, you're not here to be right. You're here to grow and to learn. 
After all, asking questions doesn't mean you must accept the answer as truth. You're only taking in new information to decide for yourself. But it takes practice to stay open. So practice. This is why change is hardest in the beginning. Change is messiest in the middle because you're settling into a new version of yourself. When we change out the contents of our cups, this action changes who we are in subtle ways. Okay, consider this for a minute. Pick one belief you have, one small, one big, doesn't really matter, just anything. Then reverse that belief. Maybe it's a political thought, or maybe it's about carbs, right? Okay, you got one? Once you have that idea, change that idea, flip it. Imagine how it'll change the way you live your life. My simple idea about carbs, for instance, a simple idea, right? If I flip that, it will change the way I eat. It'll change my eating habits, the way I relate to food. One little idea makes a pretty big change. So rearranging thoughts makes us rearrange our life in subtle, potentially long-term ways. Richard Bach is the author of Jonathan Livingston Siegel and Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. Great books, by the way, both of them. These long-term changes are what he was talking about when he said, A tiny change today brings a dramatically different tomorrow. When we change our thoughts, we change our life. We change our direction. And I remember Robin Sharma said change is the best at the end. That's because when we're open to new information, we become an improved version of ourselves. So if you're ready for a new tool for your toolbox, keep listening. Okay, here we go. The next time you're in a conversation, ask at least three questions. Wait until someone states something as a fact or a strong opinion. Maybe someone says something as simple as the world's only getting worse. And maybe you even agree with that comment. But ask three questions. These can be simple. Something like, what makes you feel that way? Should I feel that way? What would have to change for you to feel differently? Any questions, really. But the trick is to ask questions from a curious mind, not a point of challenging. And I prefer the word feel over think when I ask my questions. It lands a little more softly to people. Consider, why do you feel that way? Instead of, why do you think that way? It's subtly softer, you see? Ask questions with an open heart and a curious mind. You may find that your perspective and your knowledge grows. At the very least, you'll have a memorable conversation and feel more deeply connected with this person. One final thought from Socrates, he said, let him who would move the world first move himself. 2,500 years have passed and that truth remains unchanged. Move yourself today by opening your heart and mind, by being more vulnerable in your conversations. Change the contents of your cups of belief and grow by asking questions. This small shift will improve your intellect and open your heart. And don't be surprised if it improves your friendships in the process. Thank you for listening to The Soul Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, learned something new, or were just entertained, please tell your friends about the show and hit that follow button. This is the best way for other people to find the show. Check the show notes for links to supporting information as well as any books or other reading material related to this episode. I love making the Soul Podcast. My goal is to bring you more shows each season. If the show's spoken to you and you feel called to, please join our list of producers. You can become a producer for as little as $3 a month. And each of you helps me get one step closer to making the Soul Podcast my full-time job.
You can find a producer link in the show notes.